What are symbols? They're all around us. We use them every day, but their meaning often eludes us. In another context, the ancient North African philosopher Augustine of Hippo once remarked about time that I know what time is until you ask me to define it, and then I do not know. Perhaps symbols are much the same. We're very familiar with them, but when asked to define just what they are, we can very often draw a blank. Today we will explore the function of symbols, and in particular, mystic symbols. After having explored mystic symbols in general, in part two, we can consider one very important symbol, the cross, throughout its tens of thousands of years of history and evolving meaning. But now, before we begin, take a moment to call to mind a favorite mystic symbol, one that speaks powerfully to you from within your being. Let it speak to you now. Now, during this session, hold this symbol lightly in your mind and in your heart so that you can intuitively sense how it relates to what we talk about today in regard to all mystic symbols from a Rosicrucian perspective. What is the origin of the word symbol? It is an ancient Greek word coming from two roots, sim, which means with or together, and bolain, to throw or place. Combined, they refer to the act of putting or bringing together. When the word symbol was first used, it referred, of all things, to royal espionage and intrigue. Consider this scene. A monarch needed to send two secret emissaries out, who for security purposes did not know one another, or even who the other agent was who was being sent on the mission. Perhaps they were being sent at different times or for very different purposes. However, at a crucial time, it would become necessary for them to reveal their identities to one another. In order to make this possible, the monarch would take a talisman or royal emblem of some sort, made perhaps of clay or metal, and break it in half, so that the jagged edges of one half only fit the broken edge of the other half. Discreetly, the ruler would give one half to one emissary and one half to the other. During the mission, when recognition was necessary, each would produce half of the broken talisman and symbolane, that is, put them together. In this act, what was previously unknown was made known, and they recognized one another in this symbolic action. The students of the primordial tradition, the same perennial stream of wisdom which is manifested in the Rosicrucian studies today, 
recognized in this newly coined word a deeper reality and a vehicle to explain how it is possible to bring unknown elements together to realize a unity which had not been seen before. It is a reality they were profoundly familiar with, perhaps best known in the phrase, as above, so below. The maxim as above, so below is attributed to Hermes Trismegistus, the later evolution of the Egyptian god Toth, or Jehudi. In its essence, it means that there is a radical and organic continuity which runs through all levels of existence, of being. With this knowledge, one can ascend from the lower things to the higher, climbing the ladder of being to the source of being itself. If the spatial reference of as above, so below is up and down, we can also rephrase the maxim to say as within, so without. That is, the macrocosm all around us is echoed in miniature within us, at the heart of our being. That is one reason why Rosicrucians speak of the God of our hearts. Without defining or limiting how any one of us conceives of the divine, this phrase indicates that the same source of all that is, is everywhere present and filling all things, including the depths of our own being, the center of our hearts. Therefore, whether we look to the furthest reaches of the cosmos or the innermost center of ourselves, the same divine source is there. All of this is relevant to the investigation of symbol because symbols are one of the tools we use to climb this ladder of being. If the original meaning of symbol was to put two pieces of a talisman together, creating recognition for shared action, then the evolved meaning of symbol is to bring together levels of reality which usually do not exist on the same plane at all. This symbolizing results in recognition, understanding, and often some form of active response. Ultimately, it can be a path toward gnosis, the inner, intimate, and experiential knowledge sought by mystics of all ages. Before looking at mystic symbols, let's take a moment to consider symbols generally. They usually fall into two categories. First are arbitrary or conventional symbols. Arbitrary or conventional symbols are those whose meaning is not organically tied to their form. For example, it is solely by conventional agreement that drivers in the United States recognize that a red octagonal sign means stop. Even the letters in the word stop are conventional. They mean stop because we say they do. This is the same with words like dog and cat. They have no intrinsic connection with the animals they represent. We have just agreed that they represent our household companions. Natural symbols, however, are directly connected to the things they represent. If dog and cat are conventional symbols, bark and meow are natural symbols, words that are actually linked to the realities they represent. In language, this phenomenon is called onomatopoeia, words that sound like what they mean. Although they are now highly stylized, many of the pictograms of Chinese are actually natural symbols too. They are pictures of the things they represent. There is evidence that the Latin letters we use in writing English today had their distant origin in the Middle East as pictures as well, but by now 
These letters are merely conventional. In ancient times, many peoples understood their languages to have power through the natural connection of the sounds of the words and the meanings they symbolized. In the 16th Discourse of the Corpus Hermeticum, Asclepius recalls that expressed in the original language, the discourse conveys its meaning clearly. For the very quality of the sounds and the intonation of the Egyptian words contains in itself the force of the thing said. For our part, we use not words, but sounds full of energy. In another example, I recall seeing a Russian cartoon some years ago, which was a reenactment of the story which the Feast of Hanukkah commemorates, when the temple lamp is said to have burned brightly for eight days. When the people spoke, the Hebrew letters flew out of their mouths, full of flame, and swirled about, full of power and energy. In this cartoon, they were not just words, but they were alive. This represents a true tradition which is carried on in many ways today, including the mysticism of the Kabbalah. With this background, how can we apply or extend these understandings to mystic symbolism? In mystical work, a symbol allows us to come into contact with levels of being or consciousness that do not normally coexist on the same plane. Some can be arbitrary, some natural, depending on the culture. Societies such as ancient Egypt were probably much more attuned to the symbolic. The symbolist researcher René Schvaller de Lubitz spent much of his life studying and demonstrating the ways in which he believed the ancient Egyptians knew how to use proportion and all the other aspects of art and architecture to directly affect the consciousness of the people who were in their great temples and edifices. In any culture... A truly powerful mystic symbol is an example of a mysterion, an occasion for encountering the numinous, the other world, another plane of existence. A mysterion, or a mystery, is not something unknowable, just as in our modern use of the term mystery for a detective story where we discover who done it. A mystery is an occasion in which we encounter the truth. This encounter is not just intellectual knowledge, it is gnosis. In this case, the symbol acts as a nexus, actually connecting us with this other reality. Examples of these kinds of symbols include icons, mandalas, and chanting from many world spiritual and mystical traditions. This is an actual working out in the here and now of the axiom as above, so below, and as within, so without. Yet it is also pointing toward the future, through the symbol, we can experience the heightened reality already and not yet. Truly immediate, but also leading to a time when we will be united directly with the reality we use symbols to reach now. It is ironic that in modern parlance, if one says that something is just symbolic, he or she usually means that it is not really real, but just a picture of the truly real. For mystical symbols, however, the opposite is true. When we open ourselves to the reality of the symbol, we are actually in communion with the reality manifested through the symbol itself. Such mystic symbols communicate truth in a way that verbal formulas and doctrines cannot, 
since they communicate at a deeper level and are transtemporal and transpersonal. Mystic symbolic images, words, sounds, gestures, scents, and objects can be combined to form a larger symbolic unit, which is ritual. Ritual is composed of a set of complementary symbols, arranged and used in such a way so as to evoke meaning on many levels. In ritual, we come together with our very diverse experiences and perceptions. By means of symbolic gestures, images, words, sounds, scents, and objects, rather than lengthy verbal explanations, we can unite our diverse experiences in these symbols in a way that is at once intensely personal, yet at the same time transcendent and transpersonal. For example, we all experience light and its meanings differently in our everyday lives, and even in our individual periods of meditation and contemplation. However, when we use candles and burning braziers in a symbolic ritual, our diverse experiences of light are united by these common archetypal symbols. The psychologist Carl Jung spent much of his career learning and teaching about these deep structures that form the common symbolic heritage of all humanity. It is through these that we can form a harmonious synergy of the one and the many when we come together for symbolic rituals. These then raise the consciousness of the whole group of participants empowering each individual to emerge, to engage in greater service of humanity and of our planet as a whole. And now to close this first part of our discussion of mystic symbols. Return to the symbol that you have been holding in your heart during our discussions. Sit comfortably. Close your eyes and take three deep breaths. Now, bring this symbol before your consciousness. Let it speak to you. Let it connect you to the deeper reality it represents. Meditate upon this symbol for a few moments.
Let us now conclude this meditation by intoning the vowel sound OM three times, seeing the vibrations of our chanting surround and infuse our symbol with our deepest life connected to all that is. Oh. Mm-hmm.